What's up, everybody? I'm Mike Pazbon, and you are listening to part two of episode 25 of VGM Generations. And with me, as always, is Aaron Balauchuk. Ahoy, hoy. And Jordan Belinsky. Put on your podcast hats. <laughs> <laughs> and in this... Is... <laughs> what that is was it? a podcast hat. It's we'll what we're all wearing right now, whether you know it or not. Yeah. Uh, and in this series of episodes, we are talking about indie games. And it is Jordan's turn to go first. So, Jordan, what do you have for us this week? A hat in time. Oh, there you go. <gasps> See? Oh, it, all it comes back together. It flows like a flower. <laughs> <laughs> what a journey. Okay. <laughs> I love it. That's so bad. Uh, <laughs> Hat in Time. Most people probably know this one because it just came out last year. Windows, Mac OS, PS4, and the X-Bone. It was developed by Gears for Breakfast. Now, uh, this was a Kickstarter-funded game. The goal was $30,000 to create, but uh, add another zero because that's what they got. They did almost 300000 off their 30000 goal. Um, not bad. Uh but unlike most Kickstarter-funded games, uh, this one did live up to the hype, at least in my opinion. You're saying Shovel Knight didn't live up to the Sho- hype? What, what, sho- Get what, out of what here. is Shovel Knight? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shovel Knight was great. Um, well, so what was I expecting? Um, this was kind of the spiritual successor to the N64 3D platformer collectathon type game. Was your never banjos, your, exactly. Yeah, yeah this was, is the ukulele we all wanted. This was yeah, yeah. yeah this was um, the, the Mario Sunshine, but better, yeah. but but good, but actually good. Shut um, up, Mario hey, Sunshine. I like is Mario great. Sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> that is such an underrated game. Let's argue about that for the next half hour. <laughs> Probably not a good podcast. I know. I, I know how to trigger you guys. Um, <laughs> so that so I'm not necessarily a huge fan of that genre, but uh, I heard nothing but great things about this game. And uh, this game was given to me as a as a gift last Christmas from Norm. Um, so I thought I'm I'm definitely going to give this one a shot. It was not what I was expecting. It was actually a million times better because there's just this level of charm and cuteness that I'll probably repeat over and over again. This is like the most beautiful, fun, charming game I've played in a long time. You couldn't get the smile off your face the whole time you're playing. That's the kind of game. And I think you, Aaron, would really like this one, especially because because you're dead inside. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) My heart is black. (laughs) Um, But when they were sort of developing the game, uh, Years for Breakfast, uh, they, they were smart enough to realize a lot of the problems with the whole N64 era of 3D platforms was not not really meant to be imitated, but um, so inspired by because those games had a lot of problems. It was the beginning of 3D platforming, so yeah, the it's, game. It's nice to be able to look back through those goggles and know what was wrong with those exactly. games and be able to like, and cut, not, the, cut not that repeat fat, right? the sacrifice yeah. or yeah. The, the sacrifice. The sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> not repeat. We the must mistakes. repeat the sacrifice. I, I'm I'm still in last week. <laughs> last week they. Yeah. Uh, so they um, quickly changed it from being a spiritual successor to um, being its own thing. This is like the evolution of that. Uh, so the story is that you play as a space traveling adventurer, a little girl by the name of Hat Kid. Uh, her ship hits an accident and loses its fuel supply, which is um, uh, a vault full of hourglasses. Um, it's how she travels through time. Um, it spills out of her ship and into the world below, which she goes on an adventure to recollect all her time pieces. Uh, and because 
it's called a hat in time. There's got to be some hats. I think if you've ever seen the the main character hat hat kid, she's got a really cool top hat. But the entire game, you collect yarn balls and you can create new hats. So you could. I, I just love how you said a really cool top hat because that's not usually. It uh, is a cool top hat. Yeah, it looks yeah. Good. yeah, she she looks pretty cool. She can sport a top hat. One not, of the few people who can like it's her and Professor Layton and, and Slash. It. Maybe Slash. Slash. Uh, yeah, Slash. he's great at. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. He did, uh, didn't he do the number one video game soundtrack <laughs> of all time? <laughs> Don't bring that up. Um, so uh, you collect these yarn balls and get new hats and, and some of them are more like masks and just headgear essentially, but uh, you can get these cool little things and they're all different types of power-ups. Uh, some will increase your speed or give you new projectiles or platforming abilities. There's one mask that actually reveals secret areas in the game. And then, uh, then you can put... The, they're, they're upgrades to each hat. They're called badges. Uh, for example, there's, uh, for your, your speed hat, it's called the sprint hat. It's this little visor she wears. If you put enough badges on it, the hat itself actually transforms into a motorized scooter. So you can actually like zip around the level on a scooter. That's awesome. So it's pretty neat. They found some fun ways to go around doing that. There's, um, uh, a, de- a level where you play as a detective. So they kind of give you the Sherlock Holmes hat. And the so when she hunter, wears that stalker, your stalker. Yeah. So when she wears that, she actually walks around the game with uh, a finger gun. Like she's pointing her fingers like a gun. <laughs> and when she's uh, going to accuse somebody of something, she points the gun at them like she's going to shoot. Um, so again, super charming and fun. Uh, that boils down to the story, the characters and the level design. Um, when I played through the first world, I thought, it's kind of fun. I could probably get into this. And then when I hit the second world, I hit this one stage that I absolutely hated. And this is the point where I'm like, okay, I'm going to give up on this game if it doesn't get any better. Cause, um, you're, just you're in three more levels. Just, that's all I'm going to give there, it. There's you're on a movie set and, uh, it's called dead bird studios. It's a bunch of birds that are filming movies. And, um, I'm walking around and it's kind of a stealth level. I'm like, they're filming a movie over here and I accidentally step onto the set. And all of a sudden, like the game pauses and I get this big alarm that goes off and sirens. I'm like, oh, I, I effed up. Then there's like this bill, like uh, like you've been charged this much money for interrupting this, the, the set. And I'm like, oh crap, don't do that because I'm going to lose all my money. And then it was like, no matter what I did, I was tripping over wires. I was bumping into like microphones and, and setting off all these alarms. And I'm just like, this game is stupid. Like I can't, <laughs> like I'm playing it wrong, right? Like I, I clearly, I'm not doing it. And then by the yeah. time I hit the end of the level, I got this huge grand total of all this destruction and stuff. I did. I'm like, this is horrible. Like I, I don't want to play this anymore. And then I realized that it was all just like You're not to be to, taken yeah. seriously. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. And then from there, I understood the charm of the game and it just got better <laughs> and better. So from there, um, the game takes you on uh, the actual movies where you now become an actor. And so like every stage in the game is like something completely different. You can go from like a haunted house to a movie set to underwater. Is it possible not to be a big screw up in the movie set? I think though, it is. To, I think to, it to is. If you know what you're doing, probably yeah. an achievement for yeah. like not yeah. hitting anything there. I would say yes, hundred yeah. percent, but I didn't do that. Uh, <laughs> When you, when you end up like being in the movies, the game becomes even more different. Um, there's two competing uh, movie directors. There's one guy called DJ Grooves, who's like a disco penguin guy. And then there's another guy called The Conductor. He's like this Scottish weird bird looking guy and he runs a train. And so one of your movies takes place on a train where you're doing like a murder mystery whodunit type scenario. Murder on the Orient Express? Yeah, there's actually a level 
just like that, um, based off that, I should say. And, uh, and it's great because you're going around finding clues, doing the finger gun to everybody, trying to figure out who the, uh, who the big, uh, the culprit is to the murder. And then at the end, they give you a list of all the suspects and it's up to you to decide who committed the murder. And the, the answer is, I don't know if I should spoil it. Don't, I want to play it. Okay. It's interesting though. The, the, the answer is really good. It's DJ Penguin. DJ Penguin. Um, yeah, like the like the ideas that surround the game are just super interesting to go from like, um, you know, there's uh, what's the first level um, mafia island or something like that, where there's all these mafia goons running around. Then you're in a movie that's on a train and then in a big city. Then you go to like a haunted house level, which has one of the scariest levels I've ever played. It's on par with. Uh, and it's so weird because of how cutesy the game is. But you're running through a, a haunted mansion and there's a ghost and the mechanic in which the ghost finds you or tries to catch you and the way you have to hide reminds me of the new um, Alien game, <laughs> Alien Isolation, yeah. where you have to like hide in lockers and you're like holding your breath because if the alien hears you, you're you're dead. That mechanic is in this game and it is just as terrifying as the alien catching mm, you. That's funny. Yeah, because it's such it's so cartoony, right? Yeah. Um, so let's uh, hop along to the music now. Um, in the audio department, I will say, Every single character and cutscene is voice acted, which is awesome. Not something you would expect, um, but the whole entire game has uh, voice actors. Um, so the game was composed by Pascal Michael Stifel, is his name. Um, but I want to play a remix. Uh, how am I going to fit a remix into this episode? Well, I'll explain just after the song. Do it. I'm just, it's my my <laughs> podcast now. My rules. Uh, the song I want to play is called. Train wreck of Electro Swing, and it's a remix. And I'll explain how it fits into the game when we come back.
I've heard enough. I want to play it. You want to play it? I I, I know you'll love the game just because of Hat Kid. I think you'll like her a lot. Um, So Trainwreck of Electro Swing Remix. So here's how it fits in the game. The remix itself is actually done by the composer, Pascal Michael Stifel, and it is in the game, and you can actually play it in one of the levels. So so what happens is later in the game, uh, some of the bird characters you meet on the train, uh, they join your ship. Um, and they form a band. They're called the Wowls Band. So like owl, yeah, but with a wowl, wowl <laughs> band. Yeah. And uh, as you collect unlockables, like remixes in the game, um, if you go find them on your ship, there's an option for them to, like a jukebox, play any of the music you've unlocked in the game. But there's a neat special feature that uh, comes a bit later. You can swap out original music for remixes. So you can go back and replay levels with updated remix music. And uh, what makes it extra special is not all of the remixes, but some of them, including the one we just listened to, are actually done by the game's main composer. And he, I found, has his own YouTube and SoundCloud page. He goes by the name Plasma 3 Music, all one word without any spaces. And he's done remixes for Doom, Zelda, Overwatch, Mario Paint, DuckTales, Little Nemo, and then pretty much anything else you would expect, like Mario and that's awesome. the like. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, remixes for A Hat in Time, because that's his baby. He did all the music for it, so... This is great. It's yeah. it's like that was such a funky tune. Yeah, yeah, super I love cool. It. Anytime you can find an excuse to listen to electro is the, swing. Is the original like this upbeat, or is no, does the remix really take it? Up no, beat? it has more of like a. So this is this takes place on one of the train levels. So it has a bit more of like a western kind of like you know it's not, it's definitely not electro swing, but the uh, the whole swing. Uh, music theme sort of ties in nicely with a hat in time. It just sort of has like the, that old timey feel to it. You can't wear a top hat and not have an old timey feel. No, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Or or use a, a finger gun. <laughs> finger gun. Yeah. Um, the I just end off with a note on the development. Um, the game was actually close to being finished after the second year, but uh, the main creator of the game uh, pushed for an extra two years. So pushing the game into a four year life cycle of development, uh, he was super nervous that a lot of people were gonna start saying, uh, comparing it to Duke Nukem Forever. Like how long is this game gonna take? And is it even gonna be good by the time it comes out? That's like a 20 year development. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but that was what was going through his head. And uh, because he invested in an extra two years than he, was actually expecting. And I think it paid off because uh, most people I think would say it's a pretty good game. So yeah, this is a uh, Norm got for me for Christmas as well, but it's just one I haven't gotten around oh, to playing yet. But Norm, yeah. if you're listening, where the hell is my copy? <laughs> <laughs> I think he got you something else. He might've gotten it for me. I just never played it. I don't yeah, know. Sorry, you just don't check your Steam list. Enough. <laughs> it, like I said, tidal wave. I can't see everything in there. That's right. But uh, yeah, no, it's a, uh, just listening to this music makes me like want to want to yeah play it um, want to play it for sure and listen to you talk about it and uh, the only thing better than the protagonist might be the main antagonist I'm not gonna say who or what but I think you very guys good. get a get a kick out of it so very cool yeah so that's a great one uh, so yeah it's uh, my turn and uh, I am uh, you know not diverting too much from uh, you're last cheating week. is what you're saying I'm. Well, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not cheating, but I'm, uh, I'm doing a very similar sort of thing. So uh, last week I did Journey, and this week I'm doing Abzu. 
So uh, a, a game that I would say you could say was inspired by Journey. Um, I don't know if the creator, uh, the creators themselves would say it was, but I definitely feel like it was. Uh, so Abzu was developed by Giant Squid Studios and published by 505 Games uh, in 2016, a couple of years ago. And the music is again by Austin Wintory. Uh, so I talked about him last week and I wanted to talk about him again this week because he's one of my favorite composers. So, um, like I said, there's a lot of parallels between Abzu and Journey in regards to the gameplay and the music. Uh, again, a very atmospheric game, not the focus on multiplayer that uh, Journey had, but still very much like a chill out on a, you know, on a quiet Sunday afternoon with the sun shining on you kind of game. <laughs> so, um, uh, again, the music uh, for this game was written to be uh, dynamic rather than respond to cues, just like in Journey. Um and uh, one of the differences here is that Austin uh, said that to achieve that really super dynamic um, feel, he felt that he had to play the game like as much as anyone else. So I think he said at the time that he like felt the composition was starting to become complete, he had probably put um, 87 hours into the game and it's not a long game. So to put 87 hours <laughs> means he replayed this game probably as much as anyone, maybe even more than developers, but probably as much at least. Um, so, uh, and then again, very similarly to uh, Journey, um, he went and talked to the developer of the game and then went home that night and wrote the first piece, the piece we're going to listen to, which is called To Know, Water. So, To Know Water. Um, very fitting. If you don't know Abzu, uh, basically it's like an underwater exploration game. So you're a diver and you go, you're kind of, diving it's very like stylized uh underwater so you're like diving and then it actually like tells you all of the types of fish that you're around so like as you like uh like move your sight line past a fish it'll be like oh this is a mako shark or this is like um uh, like a leatherback turtle or this is a uh, you know a giant squid and all this stuff so there's all these different sea creatures in the there's game a blooper and in I there. Wouldn't, uh, <laughs> there's a blooper in there yeah. and I, it's not exactly a tune shaded style but it's kind no, of like yeah. it's a very solid colors kind of yeah uh, it's a very yeah that's yeah. a good way of putting it solid color sort of style and then um as you're playing it you can actually there's certain points in the game where you can uh do meditation where basically you just like there'll be like a high rock so it's like it's kind of like areas that you explore. And so once you explore the area and have unlocked all of like the creatures, cause like what will happen is you'll like go over to this area and then you press a button and hold it down. And then like a big bright, a bright flash of light will come out. And then all these like creatures will pour out of it. So you'll be like, all of a sudden all these turtles will pour out or all these sharks will pour out. And then once you've done that, you can go to like this high point in the area and meditate and, and your like guy kind of sits there and then jump off no. into, the, into the hay below, which is kind of funny because yeah. Austin did do one of the Assassin's Creed as well. <laughs> but, uh, no, you, you sit there and then you can kind of just look around and like observe all the schools of fish and stuff like that. So it's very cool. Very soothing sort of game. Is there, so the one thing I can never figure out, I haven't played it yet and I really want to, but I can never understand from the trailers what is sort of the objective of the game? Because I know it's exploration based. Be calm. Is it to just explore and find the end or? Yeah, it's kind of explore. And there's, there's kind of a, a like a, a bit of like exploration. Like, you know, you're kind of throughout the game, you get led to the single point okay. that you're kind of trying to get to. So it's kind it, of, kind of like journey a bit where you again, sort yeah. of know where to go. And but you the know objective is sea fish. To yeah. See, see fish. Yeah. yeah. The, the objective is just kind of to, 
enjoy the experience. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not it's not a game in the sense of like go kill the boss or anything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, right? kill all the no, fish. That, I won Abzu. I killed every single fish. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can kill the fish. <laughs> That's pretty uh, maybe much not in your game. Uh, special mod. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that, <laughs> you modded the game. <laughs> that is what I thought the game was, yeah. but I just didn't know because I've only seen the trailer. So yeah. So um. So I. He so yeah he developed this first track the the one we're gonna listen to and then used it as a guide for uh, developing the rest of the music for the next three years. Um, so when he went and he he talked about when he went and he wrote this first piece of music he was kind of nervous because it's kind of like he didn't know you know he wanted to play the game more but obviously they weren't there yet uh, they were just at the concept stage so he was like I didn't know if it was too much or too little or or what and he's like you always kind of get that nervousness what that nervousness when you write a piece of music and you're bringing it to them for the first time, you really hope they're going to like it, but they might have changes or whatever. And he brought it and the, uh, the director of the game liked it so much that he was like, change absolutely nothing. He's like, this is perfect. Change nothing. All I want you to do is variations on this. And they actually said that he tried to make, he tried to make the game a little longer because he wanted to hear more variations of the music. Oh, wow. Because each level is just kind of a variation of a theme sort of thing. So we're listening to the best song ever made then? (laughs) Probably in this director's uh, opinion. Yeah. Um, So, um, and they, how the music evolved was kind of cool. So when he started out, he thought he was going to use um like maybe purely harps with a little bit of choir. So then he had a bunch of harps. Like when you see the recording, it there I think there's like seven or eight harps are all playing at the same time. It, it looks pretty crazy. Um, then he added a choir, and then eventually he added the full orchestra. So he kept kind of layering on stuff. And then uh, similar to Journey, he wanted a kind of a solo instrument to serve as the character. Um, uh, in Journey, it was a cello. And in Abzu, it's an oboe. And uh, I was f- going to guess death metal guitar. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> really heavy distortion. I was, I was way off. <laughs> yeah, you were way off. Um, <laughs> but um, this time it was an oboe. And the way he found the oboist, it wasn't a longtime friend like it was in uh, for Journey. It was actually um, the the person who it was, the guy's name is Kristen Nagus. And he found him after he did a cover of the music from Journey on the oboe and posted to YouTube. And Austin heard it, found the guy's contact info, got in touch with him, and was like, hey, do you want to come work on this new game I'm doing? And the guy was like, absolutely. Like, it yeah. was yeah, kind of a mind-blowing Let experience. me check my schedule. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, yes. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, a very connected game, uh, Abzu and Journey. Uh, but uh, both have great soundtracks, both done by Austin Wintory. So let's listen to... To know water from Abzu.
get some incense. It's it's that's such a chill. It's like even more relaxed than Journey, I think. Go for it. It's very much a game about just being relaxed and just experiencing it. It's more atmosphere than game. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the most atmosphere games I've played. But when I go for my next massage, I want them to play this. In the yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it would be good. Massage. And all the music you want somebody to be like playing the game. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And then all of a sudden a shark swims by. I want to be playing the game while getting you have, a to, you have to go to like one of those resorts where they have like where you can actually like they have like the giant like tanks, but you can actually like be like it's giant glass walls. So you get your massage like underwater. essentially, yeah. mm-hmm. And then you have the soundtrack. That'd be really nice. Damn. It'd be a good experience. We're playing this game all wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but yeah, to uh, finish off talking about this game, so, and the soundtrack. Uh, so it was uh, nominated for two awards and won two awards. So it was nominated for the uh, BAFTA Games Awards. It was nominated in the music category. Uh, it was nominated for the Hollywood Music and Media Awards for original score. Um, and then it won the Game Audio Network Guild's Best Original Soundtrack and the International Film Critic Music Association Award for Best Original Score for a Video Game or Interactive Media. So, yeah. So, another, it's pretty good, I guess. Yes, exactly. So, another award-winning uh, soundtrack by Austin Wintory. A great soundtrack. A great game. Uh, you know, a different experience. Not not your... Definitely not your traditional game, but if, if you are into the more, uh, you know, atmospheric sorts of games where it's just kind of like a chill-out thing, um, I, I find them very enjoyable. It, you have to be in the mood. You know yeah. what I mean? It's one of those things where you have to be in the mood for it. But if you are in the mood for it and, you know, you just have one of those days where you're like, I don't have anything going on, man. I'm just going to chill out and play some Abzu. It's great. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, man. It's like, man, I'm so high right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's 420. I'm going to play some Abzu. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit. But yeah, I can definitely see that happening. I definitely have games in my library that are specifically that. They're my chill out and just turn off my brain kind of games. Just yeah. enjoy. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely one of those. So, uh, Aaron, what do you have for us this week? I have a little game called Them's Fightin' Herds. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's a great name. Now, <laughs> that's, I've never heard of this fantastic I name. Was, see, here's if the thing this is, isn't about cows fighting, I'm oh, so disappointed. You nailed it right on the head. <laughs> now, actually, I was thinking about the title myself just the other day. I was like, Them's Fightin' Herds is a good title, but it's kind of awkward. They should have just called it Fightin' Herds. Why not? Uh, them's but, fighting but hurts. But the, 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 the old saying them's is... Them's fighting yeah, hurts, yeah, yes. Yeah. And so <laughs> there it is. It's a fun <laughs> play on words. And uh, You know, if the na- game wasn't named that, I wouldn't remember it the way I do. Yeah. It's, so it's awesome. You've never heard of it. Never even heard of it, no. You, you know I know it. a little bit about yeah. it, yeah. Now, I picked this game because it has, to me, an interesting story. So Them's Fighting Herds, it, the early access version of this game just came out in uh, February. So, um, early, it's still an early access. It's a fighting game starring, un, starring ungulates. So that's hooved four legged creatures. That's cows, reindeer, goats, yeah, alpacas, you yeah, know, yeah. And, and that's what it is. It's yeah. a, it's a four legged creature fighting game. And they're all, uh, hand drawn, hand drawn. Yes. 2d animated fighting. That's right. Animals. There's yeah. a very fluid <laughs> hand drawn animated style. This game to this. Sounds incredible. Well, they kind of, like when I first saw it, it looked to me like, uh, the, the new, my little pony style. A little now bit. Oh. here's the story. Okay. I'll stop talking. <laughs> now it reminds you of my little, new little, my little pony. Now you cannot talk about this game without talking about my little pony friendship is magic because that's where this game was born. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, the, in, uh, now the, here's the story. This game was developed by, um, 
a group calling themselves the Main Six. Now, Main Six is a direct reference to the Main Six characters of My Little Pony. Um, the uh, and as we all know, My Little Pony sort of like. Uh, the cartoon, it's hard as, to be a gamer. As we all know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it, it's, well, it's hard to be a gamer and not have come across the recent incarnation of My Little Pony uh, that sort of came out in 2011. I guess I did. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of this. You have never haven't well, heard I know, of Well, I know yeah. of My Little Pony, but I didn't know that there was a game. Yeah, but no, no, this game, like, I'm just talking about My Little Pony in general. Oh, like, okay, yeah. Like, you like couldn't you know, be a gamer and not have heard about the latest, or being on the internet and not have heard about the latest incarnation of My Little Pony, which sort of started about 2010. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was unavoidable, right? It's, yeah, it's it very was, popular. Yeah, very popular online. It's kind of when Bronies became a thing, right? Yes. Was based off, was of, based this off series, of this series, not the original. That's yeah. right. Okay. That's right. And so there was uh, a group of fans of this game, bronies, if you will. Yeah. Who, <laughs> you're going to laugh at this. Bronies is just such a funny term. Yeah. I, know, I, know. I know a few bronies. They're cool. Yeah. I'm, you know, I admit, I'm going to admit right off the top, you're, I am a fan okay. of then My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. You're a brony. I'm card-carrying brony. Because the thing is, is like, it, like I said, My Little Pony at the time, instead of like 2011, was unavoidable. It, there were so many gaming crossovers and it'd be like everyone was talking about it images would crop up and i'd be like oh here's a trailer somebody's done for starcraft 2 with my little pony characters yeah, yeah. i gotta watch that i guess and then there would be like here's a mod for skyrim where one of the characters like one of the pony characters is replacing the dragon so I'll watch that <laughs> and that was my intro to the to the series essentially it's like started to invade all of the pop culture and it was everywhere so i'm like as an animator i'm curious about this i need to I need to check it out and see what's, what's going on. Yeah. So I started watching the series. There's like a two part opening. I'm like, that's pretty good. I guess it's not bad. It had some cool references in it. And it was about, I was about like maybe six or seven episodes in. And I'm like, this show's the best. <laughs> this show is, is it, worth the hype to me. Did it make you go back and watch the original? No, I will never go back and watch the original. Okay. The, and what makes this show interesting is its creator. Um, it's a woman named Lauren Faust. Now, I don't know, you've probably not heard this name before, but Lauren Faust is, uh, she's, she's the wife of Craig McCracken, who is a name that you may have heard of in animation as well. He was the creator of Dexter's Laboratory. Oh, yeah. I love that show. He created Dexter's Lab. Um, also, um, pa Powerpuff Girls. Yep. Another no, great one. Like, no, 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 he didn't know. Jen, Jendi Tartakovsky created Dexter's Lab, but Craig McCracken worked on Dexter's Lab. Okay. Also Powerpuff Girls. Yep. And, uh. Lauren also worked on these as well, and her she also worked very heavily on Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. That one I a little missed. a little late for yeah, you, yeah, a little late, yeah. But um, Hasbro contacted Lauren to recreate, reimagine My Little Pony for a new generation, essentially. Okay. And so Lauren sort of took this concept, and she's like, "I know the demographic is is like little girls, but I want this to be, and this is like all great animated shows should be. This needs to be something that parents can watch with their kids, and parents can enjoy it too. That they can actually get something out of it. So of course, this this show was infused with like a lot of charm, and then a lot of like uh, pop culture references, like the Mad Men, like characters yeah, from I've Mad Men will be in this. there. They're like they t they totally lampooned the entire ending to Star Wars: Star Wars and New yeah. Hope in one they like in a shot scene. for shot remake of like the <laughs> yeah. throne room scene yeah. in one part there's characters based on indiana jones it's you oh know, now i'm understanding why you like this so yeah. much <laughs> well, star wars I, and indiana jones well it's like and it's not just the pop culture references like there's big lebowski characters and stuff like that it's mm. just it's it's bizarre at how much you're, the starting, animators, to, you're starting to sell me that how much the animators put in there and it's it's like it's well animated it's well written and it's got a lot of a lot of charm so you know 
I fell in love with this show, and it's a good show. So back to them's fighting herds. So these fans yeah, this just became the My Little yeah, Pony podcast. It, it just did <laughs> the Brony Show. The Brony I Show. Didn't want to get into this until this time. You know, I never would have had a reason to talk about this <laughs> without this game. Yeah, without this game. But so um, nine um, fans of the show got together to create um, this fighting game based on the show. Of course, Friendship is Magic is the name of the show. It's not a show about fighting, but they're like, let's take these characters who shouldn't be fighting and pit Make them against them each other. Oh. You know, and it was all based on somebody on like uh, Reddit or something like that had posted because uh, My Little Pony images were being posted all the time, posted some mocked-up screenshots of Marvel versus Capcom, essentially. It was a knockoff of Marvel versus Capcom, except starring the pony characters. And it was posted as a joke originally, but people started discussing it. Like, if this was a fighting game, what moves would this character have? Like, what okay. would, what, how would this actually work? What are the mechanics? So the artist of this is like, maybe there's something more to this. So he got together with with eight other people and they started to put together this fan created project for totally for free called fighting is magic. So they worked on this for quite a long time and we're getting pretty far. They got actually a lot of recognition in some of the early builds of the game. At one time, this game was supposed to be featured on the main stage at the Evo tournament. Oh, wow. Yeah. It, it was actually, there was a player's I think choice. I heard about that. Yeah. One year they were doing like yeah, a player's yeah, yeah, choice yeah. thing where basically any fighting game was, would be, considered for the main stage and it was a vote and it was based it thing, wasn't right? a vote based thing it was a donation based thing oh, okay. so basically every was every one was tied to a charity yeah and whichever charity got the most money would be the uh winner and the fighting is magic game actually got double of the second place um donations so wow. it was it was the winner but the uh organizers at evo looked at it and they said, like, this game isn't released. It's still it's in like, pre-alpha. It's not done. So we can't in good conscience have this be a featured game. So they had to give it to the second place. But, you know, it gained a lot of prominence because of that. So what happened is this game was being worked on for years. And when it was nearing completion and started to get more attention, especially from that whole Evo um, thing, Hasbro suddenly pulled a cease and desist on it. Ooh. So what happened, like they were kind of flying under the radar. It was just a free fun fan project, but then started, people started talking about it and Hasbro who'd been generally pretty lenient with the community and not like shutting things down, pulled out a cease and desist and they were like pretty devastated. They shut down development. They said, okay, we're going to try and work with Hasbro and get this sorted out in a legal way to actually make this game. But Hasbro wouldn't budge. And when Lauren Faust, the creator of My Little Pony heard about this, she said, guys, I want your game to actually happen get in touch with me. Like, let's, let's make this happen in a different way. So, so she offered to design, she offered to design brand new characters oh, wow. and write her. the story for a brand new game. So she joined up with these, the, the main six developers to totally revamp the game. She designed all new characters, wrote the story. They made an Indiegogo um, campaign of it saying like, now that we're turning this into a real game that we can release, let's, Let's raise some money and do this right. That's literally the best thing that could happen for yeah. losing the license. Exactly. Right? Getting the creator. Getting the creator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's like the, yeah. That's like the Hail Mary. Yeah. And you asked me if I paid full price earlier for this game, and I actually was one of the original Indiegogo backers of this campaign. Now, I'm not a fighting guy. I've probably said that on the... Uh, but you are bro. But I am a brony. No, and, and, and the thing is, I, I, I was so I intrigued. I like saying the word. No, I, I was so intrigued by the story. Like, the story was so interesting that the creator would get together with these fans. Oh, yeah, no. To basically say, it's an screw, amazing, screw Hasbro, yeah. let's make this game and we'll do it right. Yeah, it's an amazing tale. See, it's yeah. funny because I had this on my wish list because I like fighting games and it looked interesting. But then I saw that it came up on your list. <laughs> and I was like, Aaron doesn't like fighting games. Why does he have this Why game? Why do I have this now game? Now I know. Yeah, I, I own this game. I'm terrible at it. 
but I'm, I'm really hoping to, I'm kind of leaving it on the shelf for now because I'm really not in fighting games, but since it's pre-alpha right now, since it's just the alpha stage, I'm waiting for the full release when they're actually doing a story mode and everything okay. like that. So I'm going to, I'll play the single player, I'll play the story mode. And it's kind of it like me and Injustice. I'm not yeah. a big fighting game guy, but I played that just for the story. Yeah. And uh, they were actually like weeks maybe from finishing fighting his magic. So they were very, very close. The music was already all done for all the stages and everything. And the music was done by a guy named Stuart Ferguson. And he was actually already on my radar because at one point he, he also goes by the name Rainbow Crash 88. And he uh, had written a whole bunch of Game Boy chip tunes of some of the music from the show My Little Pony. Nice. And so it was like Game Boyified versions and they were great. They were really well arranged. So I already knew about this guy. And then he wrote these themes for this My Little Pony based fighting game. And they were great. Like this guy clearly had some musical talent. So when the c- project collapsed, I was really sad to see the music go more than anything. And uh, I, I, I didn't know it at the time because they didn't, weren't really releasing. They kind of went under wraps and didn't say much about what they're doing. But they had actually hired Stuart to officially make the game for Fighting His Magic as well. So it was good to see that he was still working on this game sort of behind the scenes. For sure. You mean uh, Fighting Herds? They asked him to come back for... Oh, yes, for, come yeah, back yeah, for yeah. them's Fighting Herds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it's good. hard for me to separate the two they're the because same, they're yeah. the same, like, yeah. Fighting His Magic. So did he write all new music or did he... All new music, yeah. Really? Oh, yes. wow. They all didn't reuse music. anything. They didn't reuse anything. What, they couldn't because... Did it, like, reference the show? It referenced the show. The show. Uh, yeah. Jeez. So, yeah. What a, like, I can't it believe. It was a blow. Like, it well, was, but I can't believe they, like, managed to pull up, right? Like, it's, like, to pull out of that tailspin. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, but like, that's they totally. The, especially for volunteers, especially yeah. for most people who are doing this for fun in their free time. Crazy. For them to have this devastating thing happen and pull together and, like, make a company and, and like, turn make this it, passion project. Yeah. And like the, the greatest thing is, comeback story of all time. They, when they started, they didn't know anything about developing games. Like, nothing at all. They got a game, they got a kit called, like, 2D Fighter Maker. Yeah, I've you seen it. You might have heard yeah. of it. Yeah, and they started making in that. But of course, that game, that engine is designed for bipeds. So they're trying to make a four-legged fighter using yeah. this 2D fighter maker, and they're like basically trying to pound this engine into doing something that they actually want. And they got it to a level where it was actually starting to work. Of course, when they, uh, they eventually started developing them's fight herds, they kind of scrapped that, and they started developing in a new engine that they could customize a little more. And I think it's the same engine that Skullgirls uses. Okay, cool. So, and that was actually part of a separate Kickstarter campaign where Skullgirls said on, on their campaign, if we hit a certain funding tier, we will make our engine available for use for them's fight and herds. Oh, and wow. it was funded like a day later, so. Cool. So it's like it, it basically went through two Indiegogo or like two Kickstarter-style campaigns to get the funding to actually pull this all together. So the, the point of this whole story is that bronies are passionate and they have a lot of cash to throw around. Well, <laughs> that's one thing, like, yes, absolutely passionate. And one thing that's always sort of impressed me about that, that them as a fan community is all like the charity works that like yeah. the foundations and stuff that were set up just for donations. And that's another reason why I could kind of get behind it is because they actually, that's super positive, right? Yeah. They, yeah there's they no had, way there to... was a super positive vibe to it. And I feel like all, all, fan communities get corrupted a little over time. And this was one that seemed more resilient than most that seemed to like be a positive community and stay a positive. Is it sort of like Care Bears? You know, or like love is their yeah, power? Yeah, in a way. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, the whole thing is friendship is magic. Friendship yeah, so that's why is I'm their thinking power. Like, yeah. So yeah, you could kind of, you could kind of say that, okay. but yeah, it was, 
And also the show, like it had a, it had a positive message, good writing and really well done music it actually had like songs in it. And they were done by a guy out of Vancouver named Daniel Ingram. And he wrote all of the music. Like he didn't write all the music. There was another guy who wrote the music, but he wrote all the songs for the show. And it was really, really like, it was of a level of quality that it shouldn't have been for a show like this. Like, mm. it's just one of those things where things seem to come together just to create this thing just of right. quality. Yeah. And over the years, I think, you know, as they've lost team members, it's it's not the same show now that, yeah. it, that it once was. But I'll say you're getting me interested in the game <laughs> and the show. <laughs> and uh, also one thing I would say about Fighting is Magic is that even though Main Six had to stop working on it completely and they basically left it alone, other fans took the pieces that were released in like leaked on pre-beta builds, like pre-alpha builds, they kind of took all those little pieces, worked them back together, and they eventually released Fighting is Magic. You can find it online. It's called Fighting is Magic Tribute Edition, which is sort of a hacked together version from, oh. from you know, <laughs> the original stuff. From those so. alphas. So before I go on, let's actually listen to the song that I've picked after all of that about <laughs> Ronies and My Little Pony and Fighting is Magic. Um, this is the title theme by Stuart Ferguson from Them's Fighting Herds.
I love anything with a piano that's just... Yeah, it's got a good intro, too. It's like, you know, it just starts with that beat and then... It's, it's super high energy. And then yeah. a lot of Stuart Ferguson stuff is like, it's it's got a good energy to it. Yeah. I didn't it's very driving. Yeah, I didn't expect it to be bad, but it's way better than yeah. I thought. <laughs> you, you're rocking. Like, you, were, you were already poo-pooing it. It's like, oh, this is my little potion. No, well, no, no. Yeah. I actually, I, I was interested. I just don't remember hearing the music and then what I watched. So, no, it's really cool. You would, you would like listen to this music on its own. You would like it. Yeah. I guarantee it. Yeah. I'll listen to the soundtrack then. I might, I might pick up this game. Just <laughs> this, well, uh, it's a good start. Fighting games always have really good upbeat music. And, uh, you know, this game is kind of interesting too, is that like, it's got, uh, so it's got this cartoony style, which is all like hand drawn, all the characters designed by Lauren Faust. And then it's got a lobby system where you actually can walk around and do the various things. And that's all done in like an eight bit pixel style. So oh, they've managed to work in like a retro pixel style. Yeah. It's like well. uh, Drag- Dragon Ball Z fighters where yeah. it, like the oh, yeah. overworld is the like chibi. a little chibi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And now, in this game, you were talking about the dynamic music in uh, Journey, and you were talking about in Abzu as well. Yep. Um, this game has a really cool dynamic music feature as well, in that every, so every character has their own theme song. Okay. Every stage has its own stage theme. Now, depending on how the battle is going, like what, what's going who's on. Who's winning. Who's winning. It will actually alter the music based on the character who's winning. So it's it's basically modified That's based on cool. the character alone. I like so that. So you've got a character, say, there's a cow character. You said cows fighting. So yeah. there's a character, <laughs> a cow who's named Arizona, and he's kind of like you know westerny, twangy kind of like kind of character. Yeah. And there's another character who's like this uh, reindeer. And she's like this wintry kind of like ethereal jingle bells and kind of music. But as Arizona is on that stage and starts to win, it starts to like inject his music into the theme of that stage. That's so awesome. it, so it actually yeah. will start to like play his guitars and like alter <laughs> the music. And then, you know, it'll like fade back. So if like the other character starts to win, then yeah. it'll start to like push back with like a winning version of their theme. And this works for every character in every stage. So it's very, very cool in the dynamics it's that's that's like quite an achievement yeah in terms of just composition like to be able to mix that all together it's like yeah it's a lot like a dj like trying to mix tracks and beat match and stuff yeah. like that. that's pretty cool i find that this composer is very uh, versatile with different styles different instruments and also arranging pieces into other pieces like and i i used could see that even before this music yeah did you say that this composer was canadian or was the my little pony composer that's canadian um, yes, the My Little Pony composer okay. comedian, because the show My Little Pony was actually produced by DHX Media out of Vancouver. So. Oh, okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Well, that is a, a very cool story. Uh, so yeah, that's it for our picks this week. Uh, Aaron, what have you been playing? Well, now that I've finally 100%ed Mario Odyssey. Did you really 100%? I did 100%ed Woo-wee. it. Woohoo! Uh, I finally that's got that. achievement right there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I decided like that's off my plate. I'm going to go back and play something that's been sitting in my pile for a little while. I had picked up Shadow of the Colossus remake on the PS4 when it came out and just kind of sat to the side. I mean, I played the original. I played the remake on PS3. I know this game pretty, pretty well. And then I started playing this game and this is the most beautiful remake of a game that I've ever seen. This is a remake done right. This is a ground up. We didn't just up-res the textures. We didn't just smooth the model. We basically took the underlying engine and we rebuilt it. We changed how the controls work to streamline them. We 
rebuilt this world like every rock, every stone, every blade of grass, every fallen tree in the forest is like placed with care and looks fantastic. It's one of the best natural environments I've ever seen in a game. And like I was saying earlier, this is the uh, this is the version like the if you go back and look at the PlayStation 2 version of this game, it's pretty primitive. It's a PlayStation 2 game. Yeah. yeah. But that was an atmospheric game to me. I, I I covered every inch of that game, explored every little bit, and in my head it was this like complete world. But now seeing the what they what uh, the studio now uh, what is the name of this Blue Point Blue Point Blue Point uh, has uh, done with this with this remake is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Like. You see waterfalls in the distance. You see waves lapping on the beaches. Like even from the big waterfalls, you see in the distance these tiny little stream and rivulets running where the like sun is filtering through the leaves. And, and there's just the the mood and the atmosphere. They've absolutely nailed it. So I'm I'm in love with this remake because it looks so damn good. It's exactly what it's exactly what this game deserved. Yeah. It, well, the PS2 like. Uh, was limited by its just its power and you know the era, but the game had a lot of style. Like it there's did. no there's no doubt it had a very distinct style, but you know it could only do so much. It only yeah. had so many polygons to work with. And the thing is, is like, and my wife has commented on this, is that like the world of, it's a melancholy game. The world of Shadow of Colossus is not like bright, vibrant colors. It's dulled, muted. This is a basically yeah, a all world. Goes into the yeah, theme it's all of the part story, of the theme. Right? It's yeah. a world in ruin and. The whole idea is like what you're doing in this world is not all on the up and up. Like, no, yeah. Like you're you're not of, necessarily a you're good not necess- person. Exactly. Yeah. You're yeah. not necessarily the good guy. Exactly. So and and there's a very like desaturated, muted kind of world. And it it was hard to pull off, I think, on the PlayStation 2, but they managed to do it. And the on the PlayStation 2, they did some things that I'd never seen in a game done to that level. Like the colossi that you fight have like fur all over them. And I didn't know the PlayStation 2 was capable of... Yeah, of doing that. Of doing that sort of thing. It was really, really well done. I mean, by today's standards, it looks fairly primitive, but they managed to pull it off. Now, I also need to mention about Shadow of the Colossus, if you don't know about it, is that this is the uh, second game, essentially, in the Ico series. So Ico, which is the original Shadow of the Colossus, and then um, The Last Guardian, which came out on the PlayStation 4, is sort of the conclusion of that trilogy. The stories don't tie together, but it's the same studio, and... uh, and all the games have a similar sort of style. S- sort of tone, yeah. yeah. And yeah. tone, yeah, for sure. Jordan, did you ever play Shadow? Uh, so I started on PS2. Um, I kind of fell off the wagon with it, and I meant to get back into it on PS3 because improvements, and now I'm like, nope, I'm waiting for PS4. So hands down, Now's I want to get time. it. Yeah. My only question, because I played Bird Dog, and I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't continue because of, like, I'm not going to get into what I didn't like about it, but the problems were enough for me to actually put down the game and say, I'm done with it. Now, go ahead. Yeah. I'll just say this. It's like, I know the problems that people had with bird dog. I personally loved it because I just, I loved the character design. I love the world. And I I'm, could, I'm able to, and like shadow of the Colossus, which the original had its share of problems. I was willing to look past them because of what the game was as a whole. The game and the atmosphere looked great enough that I could have looked past it, but I just got a PS4 and I'm like, nope, there's more games I got to play. Now, one thing I'll say is this is one big complaint people had with the original PlayStation 2 release was that the controls were super wonky. Hated the controls. Now, the, what they've blue point has done is you can play with the original controls, but that's not the default. They have actually said, how do modern games work? 
what makes cool. more sense for modern games, and they've completely remapped everything. Yeah. Of course, it screws me up because I've played this game yeah. so many times that I find myself jumping off my horse when I want to uh, like, yeah, make just them go. turn the camera or something. Yeah, the other, oh, I, no, I was just gonna say that's enough for me. Like, I that's the only hesitation I had was the controls. Yeah, so I will be playing the game. Well, there's another hesitation that some people have, and for me, this is actually a feature, not a problem with the game. Is that like you talked about Bird Dog, and the thing is, is like Trico in The Last Guardian is it's an independent creature. You can you can call to him. He's not necessarily going to come. Yeah. You can like try to direct him, but he's not always going to do what you want to say. But that helps him feel alive, like he's got yeah. a mind of his own. Now, I will say about Shadow of the Colossus is that the horse in it, Agro, is the best representation of a horse yeah. in any game ever. Yeah. Because Even they, in the PS2. Yeah. Like I remember playing that for yeah. the first time, and that actually is my like... Uh, like predominant memory of that game yeah. was like that horse moves more, acts more, works more like a horse than anything well, ever. Yeah, because you, you know you think about back to Ocarina of Time and like you had a pona and a pona was a car. Most horses in games are, are cars. cars. Yeah. yeah, you steer them, you drive them, you tell them to stop, you tell them to go. Now Agro is basically you get on Agro. You hold the reins and you move the reins, but you don't move that horse, right? You hope that it goes where you want it to. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes yeah. it doesn't listen. Sometimes it fights back. That's not all the time. It's your it's your faithful companion. And they really build a relationship between you and this horse. That's kind of the point of the game is to build this relationship between you and the horse. But the horse is smart. Like most games, if you like you're falling down a path and like, there's a wall or a rock or something in there, that horse is going to go straight. It's going to hit that rock and it's just going to stop. And yeah. that drives me crazy about yeah. horses because horse is an animal. With aggro, you basically, you, you nudge him forward, you give him a little, you like, you spur him forward and he'll follow a path. Yeah, he'll, he'll steer. He'll know to navigate. Yeah. He will follow a path and will turn around corners. Like, Sometimes I will just put the controller down because we're headed in the direction I want to go and I trust aggro to do the work. Yeah. And that's the other thing is like, you know, you like you're not, it's not instant response. You yeah. basically, when you, when you turn the controller, you pull the reins and what aggro does follows along with that. And it just, it felt so true to actually controlling a horse. Not that I'm a big equestrian, but. Except the horses in uh, fighting is magic. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, what's weird about the whole fighting is magic. They have a lot of personality. Is that I don't think there is a horse in fighting is magic. No. There's a unicorn and like a dragon and a goat and everything like that. But I don't think there's a horse. Okay. There's a cow. Anyway, the. I just want to say, like, props to Agro because that is a fantastic yeah, horse. No, and incredible. like you said, 90% of what makes that game. Well, so yeah, awesome. I just, that's, yeah, again, it's just my predominant memory. I just remember calling him first the first, and, like, that call is, like, yeah. so distinct because you, Agro! Uh, Agro! Yeah, and, and it's you, funny because I'll be sitting around the house, and I will just shout that out <laughs> at randomly, and my I, wife is like, what the hell are you talking are you about? Doing? And I'll be playing yeah. the game, and I won't be, like, near the horse, but... And I won't be calling to him in the game. I'll be calling to him in real life. Yeah, yeah. I no, don't know. No, you just wish he was there. And your, cat, but, your uh, cats are looking around the room. Is there, <laughs> is there a horse coming? Yeah. Did we get a new cat called Agra? Yeah. yeah. No, but... Should, uh, that's a great name for a cat. <laughs> you should I'm get a black cat that. called yeah. Agra. That'd be awesome. But um, yeah, no, the, the, I just remember that even like with the PS2, with the limitations, just the programming of the AI of that horse is incredible. It is. It's, it and, is and even, but I'll also say the way he runs, like the animation of his movement is so good. It it's is so spot good. on, like the flowing of the mane and the tail oh, and God, the way awesome. it moves, the way it reacts, the way when you get off it, it will wander and around, in, in eat the grass battles, and drink. And, and the way he moves in the battles and stuff and he'll get scared. And, yeah. oh, God, even, or if he gets amazing. knocked down by a Colossus yeah. and yeah. gets back up, like they have put a ton of work into that. And I love Phenomenal. the fact that 
there's little things in the game that don't really do a lot, but like you can perform horse tricks essentially yeah. <laughs> like things like you can shoot side saddle, like I'm um, shooting behind you. You can actually stand up in the saddle. You can like, there's, yeah, because you, there's times you kind of have to let him go so you can aim and shoot and yeah. stuff like that. So yeah, it's and wicked. He's got this like almost Legolas like feature where, you know, if, if you are running and Agro is far away from you. You can call to him and he will come to you at full speed and will not slow down just to give you the opportunity to jump and grab onto him and like keep going at full speed. If yeah. you can catch him, like for me, I'm, I always miss. It's like half the time <laughs> I'll like, do, yeah. he'll like run past me and I'll like jump and I'll reach and I'll miss and I'll yeah. just kind of collapse. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and actually it's funny cause he will like, he will stop like really fast. Wait and even, you. even yeah. that animation where he stops, like he like, Pulls back yeah, and, and he kinda, slides yeah. a little oh, it's bit. It's so good. It's, it's so really good. well done. I can see it all in my head right now. It's yeah. phenomenal. So yeah, that's a that's best a, horse game of all time. Yep, even nope. better than them's fighting herds. No question. But uh, we'll put them's fighting herds in the giveaway. So yeah, uh, as always, uh, if you want to win, um, just hop on your social media platform of choice. Uh, reach out to us. Give us a tweet. Give us a share. Give us a comment. All things are good. Uh, so we have Them's Fighting Herds and The Beginner's Guide. The Beginner's Guide. Thank you very much. So yeah, those are the two games. So if you want Terraria, buy it yourself. Yeah, if you want Terraria, buy it yourself. And if you, what was the other one? The free one? <laughs> Dr. Oh, geez, Dr. Dr. The- Langen. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Dr. Langeskov, The Tiger, and the Terrible Cursed Emerald. Yeah, that one's free. So you can just go play that one for free. But if you want it, I'll like short. I'll I'll send you the game file yeah. if like you don't want to go to the yeah. trouble of downloading it. Um for some reason. I think it's on Steam one. and it's short. Yeah. yeah. Get it and play it. It'll take you like an hour. Oh, yeah. that's right. Okay, cool. Uh yeah. So uh bit of sad news here. Uh, but uh after almost two and a half years, uh this will be the final uh like three person style uh VGM generation. So um we've all decided as a group, uh the podcast has become a little bit too much of a not a burden but we've kind of we've kind of lost steam with it a little bit so harder to fit into our lives yeah just a little harder to fit in our lives we've all gone through uh some pretty significant life changes in the last little while uh if you're a devoted follower we took a month off a little while ago um just because we all went through a lot of stuff so um something happened that affected all all three of us but uh yeah so uh this is going to be the last kind of three person style so we hope you really enjoyed this. I know uh, we have a few very devoted followers out there. Uh, I hope you'll stick around for what's coming up next. I've decided not to let the podcast just end. Uh, I'm going to continue it on uh, in something of the remix radio style. Um, Nor may or may not uh, join me on that adventure. We're still we're still working it out, but uh, it'll be something resembling a remix radio. So whether it includes some OST stuff and some remix cover stuff. Uh, I'm not sure, but uh, I'm going to take a couple of weeks to figure out what that will be. And then I will be back in June with uh, whatever that uh, becomes. But yeah, for all of those who's listen- who have listened, uh, thank you so much. We hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, thank you for coming with us on this journey. Uh, thank you. Thank to- you from all the generations. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Uh, thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Jordan. Uh, you guys, uh, you know, this was something doing a podcast was something I really wanted to do for a long time. Uh, but I never really had the group of friends to do it with. Uh, when we started this two years ago, I was like beyond psyched. I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed all of it. Uh, so yeah, thank you guys so much for, uh, for coming with me and thanks to the listener. So yeah. Yeah. Thank thank you, you, Mike, for, for bringing us on this journey. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a long time. It's been really fun to 
to get our voices out there and chat about some an games. interesting ride and i mean i've learned so much about music and that's true games. yeah I've, I've learned more about music and games i think and and a bigger variety of not games. me i've learned less about games <laughs> i somehow forgot more about games thanks to everything so i forgot more than i ever <laughs> known. yeah but uh no yeah i've learned so much about like different genres and stuff just because you know that that was one of the goals i kind of had with this was just to expand my knowledge and and just through other people's experiences so yeah but yeah it's been a great ride it's been a good journey uh hope you enjoyed it and i hope you'll uh join me on whatever it becomes uh in june but thanks so much for listening and i will catch you guys next time